Today we're going to be talking about plyometrics and acceleration in hockey players. And this is based on a study from Senna et al. from a couple of years ago that looked at using high and low intensity plyometrics during warm-ups and the impact on short distance acceleration over 10 and 30 meters um, and agility performance as well. So before we go into the details of what the study found, plyometrics is training that utilizes the stretch shortening cycle of the muscle in order to provide a elastic recoil and a very fast rate of force development. As a rule of thumb, generally exercises where the ground contact time, in other words, where the foot is in contact with the floor, is under 250 milliseconds, is generally regarded as the cutoff point for plyometric training. And that's not to say that once you hit 251, that no, is no longer a plyometric drill, but that is the type of ground contact time we're talking about. So very, very short. We'll be using a, a big pre-stretch of a muscle before a rapid concentric contraction of the muscle so that we can create a large rate of force development in the muscle. And that can create big adaptations around tendons and also muscle rate of force development that have got big knock-on impacts for things like acceleration and overall performance. And we know more broadly that plyometrics have got really good impacts on agility performance, sprint performance, jump performance, and a host of different kind of more sport-specific performance criteria. So in this study, what they looked at was how can we look at the link between high and low intensity plyometrics just during a warm-up and then acute impact on performance um, during uh, 10 and 30 meter sprinting. And so what they found was that actually high and low intensity plyometrics, both variations, and we'll talk about what that means in just a second, had a significant impact on both 10 meter and 30 meter sprint times and agility performance. So if you just take a step back, high and low intensity, the intensity of a plyometric generally is going to be based around things like the um, amount of force that is going to be experienced during uh, landing and takeoff. So on one end of the spectrum, we've got things like uh, low level uh, sort of pogo jumps, which are very, very low force in regards to the plyometric continuum. And on the opposite end of the continuum, we've got things like drop jumps, um, which have got a large force component to them or depth jumps where we're trying to jump as high as possible after uh, stepping off of a box, for example. So we're getting more momentum off uh, from stepping off the box towards the ground, more force on landing and therefore big, big impacts on the central nervous system and muscular adaptation. So both have got a place and both can be used in the in a range of different sort of protocols. But what this found was that both have can be impactful in the short term, which is um, interesting to note. So it wasn't just one or the other. Now, clearly, things like high-intensity plyometrics can be a lot more potent. So if you had to pick one, you'd probably be picking high-intensity uh, more generally, but only if the athlete's ready to uh, actually complete that type of training, if they're appropriate to do so. So what this means then is that if you're doing a warm-up and you're looking to try and improve your sprint performance during games, sprint performance during training, then including some degree of plyometric training in your warm-ups is going to be a really beneficial thing for making you quicker and also improving your agility performance in the short term with very small dosages ultimately of plyometric training. So examples of this would be things like pogo jumps, bounding, things like drop jumps as well, all really effective exercises to include in a warm-up. Normally in a warm-up, the plyometric component would probably come towards the end of the warm-up once we've actually got uh, sort of physiological parameters higher. So we've got uh, body temperature higher, breathing rate is higher, 
and various other capacities have increased before we then start to do more intensive training like plyometrics and sprint work and that's why it normally comes towards the end of the warm-up for example in the uh, potentiate component of the ramp protocol for me and jeffries so this is how it would look so for example in a normal warm-up you might have some kind of linear run some kind of mobility exercises some sort of hip uh, activation exercises some kind of components around running drills and then plyometrics and sprinting towards the end and if we include some dosage of this we know we can have a really positive impact on 10 meter speed 30 meter speed and agility performance which is obviously a really really positive thing so we can include that in both training and in warm-ups and have a big impact on short-term performance and also contributing towards long long-term development of athleticism so that's been a useful overview of the impact of plyometrics on acceleration in hockey players Obviously, this can be used more broadly in lots of different sports, and you could probably take the principles from this across to other sports as well. So if it's been useful, drop a comment below or uh, like and share, and hopefully there will be more people will be able to enjoy the content that I'm putting out.